Are you excited to be here? Yes, praise God. Can I ask who um, he are, who here um, are just arrived or just came here in CCF New Zealand here in this place for the very first time? Can I, can you raise up your hand? Wow. Can can I can I ask you to please rise up? All those who are here for the very first time, please rise up, please, please, and be recognized. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. We welcome all of you. Um, you are our very important guest this afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us and for everyone else um, who joined us uh, this afternoon. We're so happy um, that you're here um, with us to listen to um, the message of God to all of us this afternoon. May I ask um, who, are he who here are from North Shore, Auckland? I'm just asking this for election purposes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, who are here from um, North Shore, Auckland? Can I ask who are here are from Central Business District, Auckland? Yeah, okay. From West Auckland. Who are from West Auckland? Oh, from East Auckland. Who are from East Auckland? There you go. Oh, lot. From South Auckland. Okay. Who are from the North of Auckland? Anyone from the North of Auckland? Who are from the south of Auckland? South of Auckland, whoa! Okay, can we ask who are um, from outside Auckland? From what place? We are from Wellington. We have people here from Wellington from? Waitomo, from Waitomo, wow, praise God. Anyone else from outside Auckland? Hamilton, we have um, close to Hamilton as well, praise God, wow. Thank you for traveling all the way from those um, far places to be here with us. We pray that um, truly you will be blessed um, with what God will speak to you through our um, speaker this afternoon. But before that, let's get to know each other a little bit better. Can I ask everyone to please rise up? Rise up. Make sure, um, prepare your hands to shake hands of people. But before doing that, can I ask you to find a partner? Okay, just person beside you, you don't have to go around. Find a partner, make sure you have a partner, okay? Just a partner, and then ask them, as you shake their hands and get to know their name. Finish the sentence, okay? Say, I am Jojo, and that's me, brother Jojo. I am Jojo, I am blessed to, say, to see you today because blank. I am blessed to see you today because blank, okay? Do that. Okay. Okay, find another partner. Okay, this is speed dating. <laughs> find another partner. Find another partner. Say your name and then uh, listen, listen. Uh, listen, listen. This is the sentence. Uh, this, this is the sentence you will finish. I am here today because blank. I am here today because blank. Okay, talk to the person.
Okay. Fantastic. Last one. Last one. Find your last partner. Okay? Find another partner. Possibly someone you don't know. Okay? Or just around you. Last one. Last one. Okay? Introduce yourself and then answer this question. Answer this question. The best thing about New Zealand is... The best thing about New Zealand is blank. Okay, so go. Thank you. I hope you get to know more people today. So the last thing I want you to do before we sit down is shake the hands of five people and welcome them warmly to this afternoon. Welcome. Good to see you guys. Great to see you. Fantastic. Wow, good smiles, warm smiles, as warm as the sun outside. Yep, good weather today, right? So, um, can we start um, with a word of prayer and dedicate this time to the Lord? Can we all bow down our heads? Father God, we thank you so much, Lord. Lord, you arrange our schedules to be here, Lord God. There are no accidents in your kingdom, Lord. This is your perfect plan for us to be here this afternoon, Lord, to listen, Lord God, to the word that you are going to share to us, O oh Lord Jesus. Father God, we pray, Lord, that you open up our hearts, our minds, Lord, if there are any hesitations, O oh Lord God, in, in our hearts right now, Lord. We, we pray, Lord, that you will dissolve it, Lord God, with your spirit, and just help us, Lord, to understand what you want us to hear this afternoon, O oh Lord God. Let this be a day, O oh Father God, that we will not remember in our lives. So we will not forget, Lord God, and always remember, O oh Lord, in our lives, Lord Jesus. We ask this, O oh Lord, in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Everybody say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Okay, so um, again, good afternoon. We would just like to share with you, um, somebody will share with you, um, a testimony of their lives. Um, this couple has um, gone through three countries just trying to see um, what is God's plan in their life. And throughout going through everything, um, God has truly shown their faithfulness, His faithfulness in their life. So I encourage you to listen to their testimony and um, listen what, um, to what God has um, done in their lives and how God has shown how faithful He is because I'm sure God will also show how faithful He is in your lives. So um, I will, let's welcome Brother Eugene and Sister Chiki Villapanya. Good afternoon, everyone. Please. I met Chiki, my wife, in 1995 when we were 19 years old. If we can describe our first four years, we can more or less say that we followed the worldly pattern of a typical boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. I grew up in a traditional religion of our family. 
I also graduated elementary and high school in a religious school. My father influenced our family to another religion, which we joined for a while. But we gradually realized that there were various legalistic practices which involved that led me back to the religion which I earlier have rejected. I too grew up in a family with the same traditional religion and attended a religious school. I was like many who went on a weekly Sunday activity just to fulfill a religious duty. After completing my professional board exam, I eventually chose to go to UAE in the year 2000 to look for greener pastures. I focused on my work, professional affiliation, social events, and pursuing my U.S. professional certification. God, however, was already in His business of reaching out to me. He sent someone who shared about Jesus Christ and the good news of going to heaven through Him. She constantly invited me to a Bible study, and it took me six months to attend a small group. Finally, on October 23, 2002, I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior and started attending worship services. It proved to be the best decision that I have ever made in my life. I became active serving in the singles ministry. During our difficult four years of long-distance relationship, I, on the other hand, focused on pursuing my dream of working in the USA. I received an employment offer in Chicago. Since Chiki was in UAE, my heart was divided because I wanted this job but couldn't think of being further separated from her. So I, postponed, I proposed marriage to Chiki. When Eugene proposed, I was not the typical girl who jumped for joy. Instead, I felt heavy-hearted. I desired to say yes, but I couldn't give my yes. I didn't feel the joy and peace in my heart. I was passionately serving God through the singles ministry. Moreover, God was speaking to me because Eugene still has not surrendered his life to Christ. God's word says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. I decided to meet him and his family in the Philippines. I shared to them about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I told Eugene that my priority is my work and service for God. I asked him to reschedule our wedding and our wedding plans, which I asked for two times, and instead joined me in UAE. I finally agreed to her suggestion to go to UAE. Having the right qualifications and a good hospital experience, I thought it'll, give, it'll be able to find a good job. However, none would accept me until one small clinic took me in. It was one of the lowest points of my life as the dream of the greener pasture wasn't happening. Furthermore, I didn't understand Chiki's personal relationship with Christ and her passion for the ministry. I even thought of giving her up and just go to Chicago. In this low point, I realized the need for God to take control of my life. And so he intervened. God sent me a pastor to be my roommate. He used him and other Christian believers to help me unlearn all the beliefs which I thought would be correct. It was a slow and difficult process, but God was patient and faithful in turning my life around. Finally, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and in May 19, May 19 2006, I was water baptized too. In Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
Now that I surrendered my life to Christ, I started experiencing His goodness. I found a job with a good salary, and finally, after 11 years and three attempts of getting married, Chika and I had our wedding in June, 20, June 23, 2007. Throughout our individual spiritual journeys, I never stopped praying to God for Eugene to understand the gospel before we got married. True enough, he allowed both of us to know and experience a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The road was not trouble-free though. Eugene has struggles with his job and was at its worst, so he resigned. This required him to go back to the Philippines and will be separate again, separated again after seven months of being married. I held on to God's word in Hebrews 13.5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God's plan is amazing. After a month, he came back in UAE on a visitor's visa and I got pregnant. During my pregnancy, Eugene's temporary visit visa had been applied for three times, which on the third application, it could have been denied. Yet, he was with me. Furthermore, Eugene got a job on the day my eldest was delivered. This, is all, this also made him eligible to stay in UAE and apply a residence visa for our daughter. After another four years in UAE, we were blessed to have another daughter. Believe it or not, our children were born on the same month and day, same birth height, weight, doctor, room, and of course, same gender. Along with this blessing, Eugene found a job at a government clinic with a good salary and free housing. God's provision always comes at the right time. A friend of ours shared how CCF messages inspire their lives. We decided to watch a video message online entitled, Influence the Heart by Pastor Peter Tanchi. God spoke to us about the biblical roles of husband and wives. After much prayer, consultation, and blessing of our current pastors, we clearly sensed from the Lord to make another tough decision. We joined CCF Abu Dhabi, even if we didn't know what to expect. I learned that as the husband and father, I must intentionally be the spiritual leader of our family. By God's grace, he blessed us with opportunity to serve him in CCF Abu Dhabi through three groups and various ministries. Through the teachings of CCF, we continuously experienced the abounding spiritual wisdom that guided us in our family's spiritual journey. Previously, for, for six years, my wife was the only one in the ministry. Now we serve God as husband and wife team. In Joshua 24:15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. On the other hand, I learned my role as a submissive helper to my husband. I continually prayed for Eugene to humbly excel in the ministry of serving God through our family and CCF. I prayed that my husband will love the Lord first, lead us to grow spiritually and serve God. UAE was a great place for us. That is where we grew in the Lord and started serving Him. However, in spite of almost two decades of being there, we couldn't get permanent residency. That's when we prayed and God orchestrated for us to move to New Zealand. I started looking for a job here, but I faced many rejections. I could not practice my profession until I first complete my New Zealand professional certification. I was hired as a healthcare assistant, but on the day before I was about to start working, I injured my wrists, so the company withdrew their offer. 
After a few months, I got a job, but due to the unfavorable schedule, I couldn't continue. It's been very humbling. I've been jobless for many months, and we have growing concerns for our finances. With our finances rapidly draining, God reminded us to give our pending tithes from our previous company's final settlement, which can sustain us for a few months in New Zealand. We decided to give what is due to the Lord, even with the limited finances that we have. We want to put our security on God, who will faithfully provide for all our needs and not on our bank account. In Deuteronomy 5.33, it says, Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you. We have experienced circumstances in the past where God faithfully walked with us. We are standing here not because of success story in New Zealand, but facing another challenge where we put our trust but God. We praise God for recently providing us casual jobs, which gives us great hope. Please pray for us, our visa, application, and permanent job search. We are again in a season of waiting patiently upon the Lord. As we wait, we continue to delight ourselves in Him. And holding on to His words in Jeremiah 29:11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We all have di different challenges of varying degrees and difficulty, but God enables us to live beyond every circumstance as we trust in Him. We also praise God for our D-Group and CCF New Zealand family for your prayers and support. I am Eugene, and this is my wife, Chiki, grateful to share the story of God's faithfulness in our lives. To God be all the glory. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Eugene and Chiki. Is God faithful? Yeah. Is God loving? Yep. Is God powerful? Yes, He is. Okay, so what's, um, what's in store for us um, this afternoon? Um, we will have a, a message from our speaker. And then after that, if you have uh, burning questions in your heart, we will give you an opportunity to, um, uh, to ask that question to our speaker. Okay, so um, as he speaks, if God is, um, is talking to you and you want to ask a question, later on after the message, you can have the chance to, um, to ask that question um, and be answered. Okay, so um, it's, it's my honor, um, a privilege as well to um, introduce our guest speaker um, this afternoon. He is a celebrity in his own right. A YouTube sensation. Yep. His videos garners... 50,000 to 150,000 views every week. Okay, so um, my video gardeners 25 views. Okay, so, <laughs> but yeah, he, um, he, he's, uh, he preaches in uh, Filipino and a lot of Filipinos all over the world appreciates hearing, um, listening to his um, preaching every week. Um, he, he became full-time minister in 1998 and um, joined CCF in 2006. And after um, attending, going through all the Bible study classes in CCF, he started preaching in the Filipino service and in prayer meetings in Christ Commission Fellowship in Manila. Today, he speaks at the well-attended 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. services at CCF Maine. He has also been invited to speak not only across the Philippines, but also all over the world. So um, he just recently came from um, Singapore and um, San Francisco and Canada 
as well. So he is also the head of the Workplace of Winners Marketplace Ministry in, um, in Manila, in the Philippines, and also the Vice President of Uplift Cares International. He has been married for, um, to his wife and only wife, as far as I know, <laughs> for 27, his only wife, for 27 years, and they have four children. Two are now engineers and two are finishing up um, um, in um, the premier school in the Philippines. University of the Philippines. Okay, so Pastor Ryan won't agree with me on that one. Okay, so um, and he's, he's, he's someone who came from humble beginnings, but God has lifted him up to be able to have this ministry of speaking the word of God, which is, I believe, is the, one of the best and probably the greatest um, profession that you can ever have. So let's welcome Pastor Bong Saking. Hi, good afternoon. I thought Jojo was introducing somebody else. <laughs> I could not imagine that he was talking about me. Now, I'm not a YouTube sensation. <laughs> I don't understand what it means. <laughs> anyway, you see, when I was listening to the testimony of Eugene and, and Chik, uh, Chiki, right? Chiki. I was also wondering and I was also asking myself, how many people will really declare that God is faithful in the midst of all the problems that they're experiencing? You see, friends, people, all of us, we desire to be happy. We desire to be blessed. That's why we came, or some of you, you came here because you think that coming here, you would really be blessed. How many of you decided to come to New Zealand because you want to be lonely. Nobody. Everybody looks for a place where they can find real happiness. Unfortunately, happiness is very elusive. How often have you thought, if only I had a car, then I'd be satisfied. Then when you had a car, were you able to buy your first car? You found out that it also... Uh, you have to put fuel to that car. So you would spend for the maintenance. Then you begin to see that this car will also be a burden to you. Then how often if we, if we also th thought, have what, uh, we have thought of, if only I could find someone to truly love me, I'd be happy. And maybe to some of you, you were so excited when you were about to get married. At the aisle, you will see the woman coming, and as if your heart is really pumping very fast with the music that comes from your ear this is the day that the lord has made wow then after a year you feel that it was a curse <laughs> now if only i wasn't under so much financial stress then i'd be content if only if only if only so many if onlys in life so how can we really be, be happy in life? Most people, they think that if I, have, uh, if I would become rich, I would be happy. Now, if that's true, there's so many rich people who would no longer be needing to go to different places to be happy anymore. But to be honest, I have known of so many rich people who are so lonely. Some people, they thought that if they get married, they will be happy. But listen to this. The person closest to you hurts you the most. That's why I'm always far from my wife. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the reality of life. So how should we, how can we experience the joy that we've been dreaming for in life? Now people, they want to be recognized. But fame is fleeting. Fame is fleeting. And some will enter into recreational drugs. They create habits, but they create habits that spell nothing but trouble. Now listen, if you want to live above your circumstances, you need to build your foundation right. If the foundation is wrong, no matter what you put on it, will be destroyed. But if the foundation is strong enough and correct, no matter what comes into your life, whether a storm would come, whether flood would come, or rain would come, it will remain strong. It will be above the circumstances of life. Now listen to this. This is something that I would like to promise you, that it, you will never avoid this. Storm will surely come. Please tell the person beside you, storm will surely come. If you haven't experienced it yet, just wait. <laughs> It will surely come. It will surely come. So what should we do? Now, first of all, I'd like you to understand that if you are, for example, if you have stayed up late when you knew you needed sleep, you know that you are in a world that is very imperfect. Now, how many of you, have you ever stayed up late and, and then slept in church? Oh, of course, nobody will admit that. Anyway. Now, have you ever eaten or drunk extra calories that you know it won't be good for you? Obviously. Right? Now, have you ever made commitments that you could not possibly keep? Have you ever felt you ought to exercise but you did not? Have you ever known that you should be kind and unselfish but instead you were unkind and selfish? Have you ever tried to take control of your life? circumstance or other another person and discover that you could not listen welcome to the human race and you came also to the right church because this group are the people who have tried everything to be happy and they found it to be frustrating and eventually they found out the real problem in fact even paul himself described his own life with this I don't understand what I do, for I, what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate to do, I do. I know that nothing good lives in my sinful nature. I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Grabe no? Very frustrating. Tama ba? Very frustrating. So everybody thinks that you can never be happy with all the problems in life. But listen. Happiness is not a question of having or not having problems. Everyone has problems. Some, their problem is really bad. Just looking at the mirror, they're problematic. <laughs> and not everyone is unhappy. Despite the problems, not everyone is unhappy. Happiness is not dependent on whether or not we have problems. Any more than it is dependent on whether or not we have material wealth. They are people who are happy even though they have very little. I've seen them. I've worked with them. 
They were happy even without anything. There are also people who are very unhappy even though they have the wealth of kings. Well, today, if you are to look at this list and you happen to circle any one of them and you begin to think that, well, Ibad, if because of this, I am not happy, then you, had, you are not facing realities. Tignan nyo nga, hanap nga kayo, stress. I'm telling you, stress is not an enemy. Stress is your friend if you know how to handle it. Alam nyo? For example, how many of you are experienced to do weights? You'll never gain muscles if you will not stress your muscle. Tama ba? You have to stress it, then you rest so that it, can, it will gain the muscle. I knew that because I never did that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> For example, diet. How many of you have experienced diet? Of course, diet is, as in, it's very challenging. But you are to die yet. <laughs> no, you, you cannot die early <laughs> if you do it. So it's very rewarding. Yes, it's painful, but it's very rewarding. But in all of this, can you imagine, all of this, we are experiencing this in our lives that makes us unhappy. But you know the real culprit is not this. The real culprit is that we are trying to play God. That is our problem. We try to, whenever we don't do what God tells us to do, Whenever we do things that God told us not to do, we are playing God. We are trying to tell God that we know better and we are wiser than Him. So when, we, when God tells us not to get involved into sex prior to, uh, before marriage, and we do it because we think by, by doing it you will be happy, you are very wrong because you are playing God. God has already told you, no, it will never make you happy by doing so. In fact, you are creating more problems. So how many got married, be, uh, got involved into sex without marriage? You see, most of them, they're not happy. I'm telling you, they have no assurance of commitment of the other person. But look at the blessing if you have waited. I praise God that I waited. Look at my wife. Up to today, she still looks young. No problem. You know why? Because she doesn't need to be insecure. Because when we were still single, we knew that we both fear the Lord. If you don't fear God, then you've been, uh, you've been uh, abusing and using as in beyond what God requires of you. And, he tell, and you all of a sudden tell, tell your wife, you see, you trust me. You know, I fear God. You don't need to be afraid that even with the needs of other women, I will be faithful to you. Yeah. I say, yeah, na. When I was still single, you raped me during our date. Oh, diba? So he will no, she will no longer believe you. You see the stress? Oh, let's not talk about sex anymore. Let's talk the other thing. For example, at work, some people. They will try to fool others. They will try to take advantage of their office. Just like one time there was a kid who was uh, caught 
stealing pencil or ball pen and paper from the classmates. So he, she was brought to, uh, he was brought to the principal's office. So the father said, so they need to call the father. And the father said, why do you have to do this? Imagine, look at the embarrassment that we have experienced because of this. You should have told me. I could have gotten papers and ball pen from our office. <laughs> and he expects that the child will really, uh, uh, not really spare him from embarrassment. Obviously not, because he was just doing the same thing. He was playing God. So how many? Most of us we play God when God tells us to prioritize to put God as first in our lives, and we don't. We are playing God, and that brings real problem in our lives. Look at the person beside you. Are you God? You see, friends, this is exactly what, Jesus, what God said. In pride of your heart, you say, I am God. But you are just a man, not a God. Though you think you are as wise as a God. You see, Ezekiel points out that he was saying to the king of Tyre, in the pride of your heart, you say you are God. I am God. But you're just a man, not a God. Though you think you are as wise as God. When do you, when, whenever we think we are wiser than God, the more our problems multiply. Friends, look at the world today. They're trying to be wiser than God. But is our world getting better? Obviously not. People who are being elected, they always tell, promise people, I'll do this, I'll do this. And everything that they promise, they will also go against the will of God. And this world will never become better. You are not God. You better listen to God. If you want your life fixed, better listen to God. How? Now listen to this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is wonderful. When Jesus Christ started the ministry, when he started preaching, you know, most people, when they, when they think of Christianity, when they think of God, they often think that once you, you submit yourself to God, your life will become as in um, sad or lonely. I remember that because that I have that kind of attitude too. When when I started to be to get serious with the Lord, I I went to my friends and and they were joking and I wasn't laughing and said, "Oh, what happened to you? Why aren't you laughing anymore?" I belong to God now. You see, uh, I don't want your jokes anymore. Then one time, I was just so ecstatic about the goodness of God, and I was listening to a song. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Shout for joy. I'll shout for joy, sing his praises. So I was really following the beat. I was the, the, some dance, and the pastor all of a sudden held my tie and said, Do not conform into the standard of this world, but be a transformer, the renewing of your mind. Now, sometimes you have that kind of idea, crazy idea, that if you are attending church, you must be serious, your face must be as long as the horses, and, and you, 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 you have to live as if you were baptized in a vinegar. The leader sometimes, quiet, why are you laughing? We have that kind of crazy idea about Christianity, but you would be surprised. 
the first teaching of Jesus was about being blessed. And the word blessed is, came from the Greek word makarios, which means it's a kind of joy that's not dependent on circumstances. This is actually a word being used in a, in a poem to describe the joy of the gods and the goddesses of the Greeks. At that time in their literature, they were describing the gods and the goddesses of the Greek. So referring that they are above the people. They have, while the people have, are warring against each other, they were just playing up in heaven as in to describe Makarios. That's Makarios. That's joy. And that is exactly what God wants you to experience. That you can rejoice. That you can enjoy life despite the problems we're encountering every day. Because God wants us to understand that we can live above our circumstances. But the first condition was this. You must be poor in the spirit. The word poor here is not penicros because penicros has something. When, when you are poor as in you are, you just, you work and eat, you work and eat. So you, you're just poor financially, that's penicros. But the word used here is tokos. Tokos is you are so bent in, as in, in embarrassment that you cannot live and you cannot have anything unless somebody really shows uh, sympathy on you and give you something so you are so dependent so what does it mean unless we see our need unless we see that we cannot live on our own strength unless we see that we are so desperate needing help by someone who can really help us we will never understand this blessing you know why because our attitudes is always to prove that we are someone but we are not so in order for you to enjoy, understand this. You have nothing to prove, all to improve. Then the person beside you, have nothing to prove. Is you know what makes this preaching very difficult for me? Because I, I'm speaking with a language that I don't understand. <laughs> but what makes it relaxing? Because I'm not here to prove anything to you. I'm not speaking in English to tell you, well, I know also how to speak English. The reason that I'm speaking in English is just because I want those people who don't understand Filipino could still understand what I'm trying to say, even if I don't understand what I'm saying. Okay? Are you following what I'm saying? Because I don't. <laughs> now listen to this. Just imagine, for example, occupational poverty because we're not just only talking about the spiritual or financial poverty there are also occupational poverty for example everybody is poor in his or her own right you may be occupationally poor how if you're just starting out in life you probably lack a dream so if you lack a dream you need to know how to find a professional dream now if you are seemingly successful some of us, we are poor in a sense because we don't know what's the next thing to do. Now that I have this, what's the next? What's the next thing to do? Now, I remember when I was in New York, I, we, went, we climbed the Statue of Liberty. So it was a spiral uh, a ladder. So when we reached the top, there was an announcement that, okay, guys, you can stay there for a minute or two to take pictures. Whew, we lined up for more than an hour. And we will just be there for a minute or two? And what, to take pictures? What kind of pictures? What's the background? The eyes of the Libra, Statue of Liberty? You will not even see anything but the glass or the plastic. I don't know. 
And you know what? Everybody would just say, is there, there is in it? Is this all there is in it? And that is exactly after trying to dream to have something, is this, to, there, is this all there is in it? Yun yung frustration eh. For some of us, after receiving an award, people would say, wow! After a week, they have forgotten you. Is this all there is in it? In fact, when I graduated, people said, wow! But after a week, nobody knew what I got. And I have to even say, don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know? What? Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. You cannot do anything about it anymore. Some people, they were so ecstatic about this, but it will only last for a while. Kaya nga, in fact, some people, they were asking me, how does it feel when people are ano, wanting to take pictures with you? How does it feel? Mascot. I feel I'm just a mascot. Really. You know why? After they've taken the picture, their friends would see, who is this? Why do you have a picture of this guy? Is he a, a, the villain in the movie or what? <laughs> because if you are not handsome, obviously, they will just ask, why? Why they, Well, he is a pastor. So, since they are not Christians and they don't know what a pastor is, it's a pest. Pasta! <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so to me, I don't like that. <laughs> so sometimes, if you get successful on some reason, you don't see any more motivation. So it's a form of occupational poverty. And unless we admit that we need help, we will never improve. And we will remain confused. And sometimes, we also suffer from intellectual poverty. Some people, they try to pretend that they know everything. Now listen to this. Everyone is ignorant about something. Every person has his area of intellectual poverty. Are you following? Now, some people, they will not ask, especially guys. That when they're lost, without the GPS, without them, they will not ask. And the wife would say, why don't we ask? No, don't ask. They will, no, they will know that we're lost. <laughs> they will never ask if you know if, if your boss tells you to do something and you don't know you won't even ask what shall I do no but they will try their best to figure out how to do then eventually they will just end up frustrate, uh, frustrated because they could not do it friends we need to admit that we don't know everything you know some people they could not progress in life because they're not willing to learn they're not willing to learn, even with the area of, for example, in our belief. Most people, they will say, this is where I was born, this is where I will die. <sighs> Crazy. You were born with no belief. Don't you know that? How many of you, when you were born, you were already holding a Bible? <laughs> no one. When we were born, we were, as in, we don't know anything about God, about anybody, about beliefs, about religion. Nobody knew. We were just influenced as we grew up. That's why some people, they thought they're Christians because they're attending with their parents. They thought, well, I'm already a Christian because I'm attending CCF. I don't care whether you're here in CCF. You'll never become a Christian unless you really have an encounter with Jesus. But you need to be honest to admit that you don't know. 
To so many people, they thought because they read the Bible, they already knew. No, it is entirely different. It is like this. When I got married with my wife, I thought I knew her very well. Up to today, I'm still learning who she really is. I still don't know her that much. But I have to admit, I keep on asking, Lord, help me to know her. Because there are times that she's very nice. And I really wanted to, to hug her and love her and really as in strangle her as much as possible. <laughs> but sometimes I wish that I did. <laughs> no. Do you know what I'm saying? But you have to be honest to admit that. That's why you have to ask, how can I be better husband to you? How can I be, I can I love you more? You need to tell her. You need to ask her. You need to really be honest to tell her. But if we are just trying our best to think that we know, we don't need to ask because we know it already, we are wrong. We are intellectually poor. You see, friends, you'll never be licked as long as you know what is you've lacked. You see, I myself, when I was studying, I thought I knew it well. I thought I knew it well. My parents, they always say that if you're a sucking, you must be intelligent. So I don't admit that I don't know. Especially as Filipinos. I noticed this. When I heard, for example, Ravi Zacharias reciting a poem, everybody was clapping. But if you ask them, what did he say? I don't know. <laughs> it was just so impressive. But they clap. In fact, some people, they will listen to an English preacher and they will just keep on nodding. And you ask, what did he say? <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> no, 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 what did he say? Did you understand it? Very nice. <laughs> no, that's what they start. That's why some people, they pretend that they do understand. One time I was asking, there was someone who was testifying and he mentioned about MRI. And he was saying like this. And I said, what is MRI? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and and I, thought, I said, what is your course? Well, I am a nurse. And you don't know MRI? No, just MRI. <laughs> so sometimes we don't even dare to ask. When every time I do preaching in the morning, I would go to Pastor, uh, Pastor Ricky, Pastor Irwin, and I would give them a manuscript and said, will you please check this out? And they would check, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong. And somebody asked me, aren't you ashamed to ask them that you, to check your grammar, to check your, you know, your script? Why? Why should I be ashamed? Because you see, it's embarrassing. You're a Filipino, you're a graduate of, in college, and you, you still have to ask somebody to check it out? Well, I don't need to pretend. I don't really know. It's better to be ashamed to two people than to be ashamed to so many. <laughs> right? I would rather be corrected with two people than to be corrected by many. And in fact, even with that correction, I still be corrected by many. <laughs> so you just need to admit, well, I'm not a Philippine. I, I'm not an English-speaking person anyway. So the point is this. You just need to be honest. You just need to keep on asking. Don't pretend. Okay po? I became good in cooking because I keep on asking. Uh, it was my business. Before I was, while I was studying it, one of my businesses was to cook uh, rice cake. I don't know if you still know this. In Philippines, it's puto. In English, rice cake. 
<laughs> so I was selling puto. But you know what? Every time I eat puto, I keep on asking people how they did it. Though I know, I keep on asking because I only realize that we're doing things differently. And they, sometimes they do it better. Can you imagine, for example, just a, a simple way of cooking rice? I just, I, I watched a Singaporean, how he cooked rice. He was cooking it as, through steam. To us, we mix uh, rice with water. Then it, to him, he just put it on, in, on top and with the steam at the bottom. He said, why, do you, why are you doing that? Because it's a steamed rice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so what about you? What kind of rice you have? A soak one. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is this you must be willing to admit what you do not know the most problem or the problem of most people is that they do not even know what they do not know that's the worst problem we have unless we really be humble enough to know our real problem there would be pain so what is this pain it is the birth pang of new attitude trying to be born because this is not something normal. To us, we always want to tell people that we know something that they don't. And we want to tell the world that I can live on my own. But God wants us to understand. You want to really live above your circumstances? Admit that you had nothing. Admit. So we also have emotional poverty. I remember the story of Cherry Boone O'Neill, the daughter of Pat Boone. In her book, Starving for Attention, when she learned to face up her emotional poverty and to love and accept herself at the deepest level, Cherry was able to overcome a shocking disease, more widespread than anyone could dream. You know what was it? Anorexia. Do you know anorexia? It's known as the self-starver disease. A psychosomatic disorder that really begins on the emotional and psychological level and works its way outward to the physical level. By the time it manifests itself physically, professionally, help is needed. Because the external manifestation, severe weight loss, is just a symptom of what's really happening inside. Cheryl says, I got down to 80 pounds. I was wasting away. I really was on a slow suicide trip because I hated myself so badly. I did not feel that God could possibly love me, considering what I was doing to myself and to the people that I love. There was only, was only a faint of hope that God ex did exist and that there must be some way out of my mess. There were times when I would pray to die because I did not feel that I could come out of it. But my parents, because they're Christians, they stuck by me, as did my husband, who literally went through thick and thin with me. Finally, we received some professional psychotherapy from a Christian psychiatrist. My husband and I moved up to the Seattle area and through the course of six months of intensive therapy, I became better. I believe without a shadow of doubt that God led me to the right doctor at the right time where within six months I had changed from waiting, wanting to die to wanting to live. And I had learned that there were things about me that they were worth loving in spite of what I did and I, what I looked like. You see, there are so many people, they do not even want to admit that they have problems. Let me just show you this. Some, some children, for example, they withdraw from their parents. Why? Because they were hurt. And when the parents would ask, are you okay? I'm fine, Dad. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and they would just withdraw. Because, and since they were not willing to admit, they be, their problems become worse. They would become 
aloof from their parents. And eventually, they would do the same thing that they hated from their parents to the other people. So listen to me. You must be willing to accept your real problem. So, in fact, I shared this yesterday to the men. I asked my children, how can I be a better father to you? Honestly, when they began to speak, I hated what they said. And I really wish that they're gone. Really. But I had to be honest and say, Oh, is that the way you really think about me? I am so sorry. Forgive me. One time I asked my wife, I said, how can I be a better husband to you? I don't want to tell you anymore because you might get angry. Then why should I get angry? What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I did. <laughs> oh, there's something wrong with me. So he was right, she was right that I will get angry. Then I realized, no, he, she will never be encouraged to tell me what's wrong with me if I will do that. In fact, that's our problem. To our children, we tell our children, you tell me the truth or else you, I will hit you. <laughs> nah? Then they told you the truth. Then you still hit him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So friends, we need to admit our need. It's not easy, but it is essential. Happiness comes when you admit where you are lacking and where you have a need. That's where you will start. That's the basic foundation. The basic foundation, you need to admit that you have a need. Now, you, need, you can now laugh with your situation by building the right foundation. So remember the words. To laugh at your situation, build the right foundation. So how? We need to admit that we need help, that we are powerless to control our tendency to do wrong thing, and that our lives are unmanageable. So, letter, so in order for us to easily remember the outline, though everything was just an introduction. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know how to speak. Anyway, just to remember the outline, remember the word, ha, ha, ha. Oh, because you have to laugh. Laugh as in in order for us to laugh for our, uh, for in regarding our situation, we need to build the right foundation. So what is it? First, ha. Humbly admit you need help. Okay, humbly admit you need help. You've got to face the truth. You've got to, to stop denying what you are really going through in life. Okay, when you are troubled, when you don't understand what's going on, you better humbly admit first before God. Say, God, I don't understand what's going on in my life. Or maybe you talk to someone, I don't really understand what's going on in my life. You need not to deny it. When somebody tells you, I think there's something wrong with you. Excuse me? Who are you? Judging me? No, you just need to. If somebody criticizes you, instead of reacting to the criticism, you begin to ask, Lord, if it's true, please help me to realize what, what I need to improve. Now, if it's wrong, then Lord, help me also to be forewarned about these issues in life. Are you following? So since we're not perfect, we need to humbly admit that we need help. Look at the words. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So what is grace? Grace is the power we need to change. Let's admit, I cannot change this anymore. You see, we need to admit, I cannot do this. I can, you know, I'm tired, I'm lazy. I need to admit, so help me. Help me. Personally, I'm not a good, stud, uh, I'm not a good student. I had to admit, I even asked my brother, because my brother, during that time, he was a valedictorian. He was a university scholar in UP. And 
He talked to me and said, you know, don't waste your life. You better study. As in, you better get serious in your study. But kuya, I really don't know how to study. I don't know where to start. So he guided me. First, start with God. Then he told me, you listen to him, you do it for him. Be inspired by him. Don't do it for the sake of having grades. Do it because you love God. I said, oh, that's difficult. But I need to admit, Lord, I don't love you. How do I really love you? Since it's not about feelings, I came to understand that love is an act of the will. I have to do this not because I feel it, but because I am committed to do it. That's real love. Real love is a commitment to do what is necessary. So, so I started studying because of God. And there I realized that the first thing that you need to admit in order for you to receive the grace of God is to admit that you're broke. We live in a broken world, in a fallen world. Nothing works perfectly. The weather doesn't work perfectly. The economy doesn't work perfectly. Our relationship doesn't work per uh, don't work perfectly. Our marriages don't work perfectly because we're imperfect people. Everything is broken. So if you are looking, for example, in order for you to be happy, looking for a church that is perfect, forget it. You can never find one. And if ever you find one, don't join. Because that perfect church will be become imperfect because you are an imperfect individual. Okay? So even with a family, don't look for a perfect parent. Some of us, I don't like with my parents. I, I, I envy my friends' parents. They're very good. You're crazy. You're not there. You're not living there. You don't know what's really happening inside. So don't expect a perfect family, but you can make it beautiful and you start it with you. You start learning. You cannot expect somebody else to do it for you. You must do it. You must admit that you are living in a broken world. When I learned that I cannot fix my marriages, I, I went to God. I shared this with you, remember? When we were on our first year, my wife always gets jealous at me. I don't understand. But you cannot blame her. No, no, no. <laughs> because I was a very busy person. And I did not give her enough time. I got so angry at her. I hit the wall. I, I really struck, hit the wall with my, my fist. And I cried before God, Lord, I don't know anymore what to do. Please help me. You promised me that our relationship would be nice based on your scripture. But look, we're not getting better. And I am committed to be with her for the rest of his or, or for the rest of her life or the rest of my life. I cannot just be separated from her. I need your help. So when I cried out before God that I admitted that I am living in an imperfect marriage, Lord, I need you because you're perfect. Teach me what to do. There God somehow taught me how to do it. I struggled with my parenting style because the models that I had my family, we shout at each other by just borrowing a ballpen. Can I buy a ballpen? Oh, it's a ballpen. Thank you. <laughs> we shout at each other. We don't know how to speak gently towards one another. I had to admit, I had to learn from other people. I had to tell them I don't know how. In fact, I'm a very temperamental guy. One time, I lost my temper. You know, the first thing I did, I went to Pastor Peter and asked prayer and said, please help me. I really don't know what to do. So every time he sees me, he would always say, how's your temper? Did you angry this today? Did you angry this morning? He was always asking, and I'm getting angry. <laughs> but it 
helped me a lot. I had to admit that I am broke. Are you following? Because the moment you admit that, you'll, be, you'll begin to receive grace from the Lord. So look at this. Remember this world for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Can you imagine? It's frustrated. This world is frustrated. It is groaning. It is confused. Everybody's confused today. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. What I'm supposed to do. We have confused attitude, confused attractions, confused additions, confused about everything in life. Aren't you surprised that people are really even getting confused about their gender? Honest, everybody's confused. Because we need to admit that we're living in an imperfect world. We are broke. Then, as we admit, we also need to admit that our secrets, secrets make us worse. Our secret make us worse. Look at David. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away, drawn my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. If you are honest to many of us, we're trying to be away from God. But if you're honest, you know that you're getting dry and empty inside. But you have to admit. Lord, I'm empty. I don't even know what's going on. I don't know. I don't even know my purpose in life. I don't even know my direction in life. You have to admit what your secret. I am confused inside. We cover up with our laughter. We try to laugh in front of everybody. But there's great pain inside. We need to admit that our secret will make us worse. Listen, so I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Especially for us who are claiming to be Christians. Sometimes we are different in front of our brethren, quote unquote, but privately we're doing something else. And we keep that secret. We don't want to admit it, but we are getting worse because of it. You need to admit it. And let somebody help you. Are you following? So we need also to admit that we can defeat our guilt. You know why? Look at this. You will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them and give them up. Then God will show mercy to you. Now friends, if you are drying up even with your relationship with your spouse, children, you tell somebody, be under, I, help me on this. I want to love her, but I really feel so empty inside. Then God will help you to understand that it's not about feelings. It's about commitment. Motion, then emotion will follow. Are you following? Hello, are you still there? Same thing with you. Admit that you are sleepy. No, I, you just tell the I really am sleepy. Please help me. You know what he will tell you? Why don't you rise up and stand at the back and drink some coffee? Don't bring the coffee inside because you cannot drink where the carpet is. Okay? But you listen. What I, the point is this. You better admit. You tell them. Somebody will help you. you. Children, you tell your parents, Dad, can I have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with you? You see... I'm trying to communicate with you. I'm trying to connect with you, but you're not willing to listen. Now, Father, parents, be willing to admit that sometimes we do that. 
we, off, we tend to say, oh, no, that's not true. I'm listening to you. What did you say? <laughs> no, we need to admit that, wow, we're too busy. Friends, we have nothing to prove, all to improve. Okay? Okay. Number, let second, ha, ha. First, humbly admit. Now, humbly ask God for help. As in, be honest to tell God. Sometimes, why do I have to tell God? He knows everything. No, we need to tell God because we need to vent the pressure that we have inside, the poison that we have in our hearts. We need to release them. You need to humbly ask God for help. You see, look at this. Even Paul himself was very depressed. He was saying, we saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God. Who alone could save us? For he can even raise the dead. Wow, imagine. Now, you have to admit, this is an encouragement. If you feel that you have a dead marriage, you can admit it to the Lord and the Lord will, if he can, he can raise the dead, a person who died, a dead person, he can, be, he can raise it from the dead, then he can also raise a dead marriage. Now, you cannot say, well, I don't have any feelings. No, God. So I praise God because I've been married for 27 years and my love for my wife is always overflowing. In fact, yesterday when she was not with me, because she was, because uh, the gathering was all for men. As soon as I saw her, I said, I missed you. Really, I really missed you. And I said, oh, nga eh. mo ko eh. But honestly, I really missed her. In fact, every time we travel, I don't want her to be left behind. Because I could not imagine myself traveling without her. Uh-huh. <laughs> How did it happen? I just admitted to the Lord. When I am dried, I don't feel anything. I said, Lord, I don't feel anything. Can you please help me on this? I want to love her the way you want me to love her. Because it's not my love. I always remind myself with this ring. My precious. <laughs> no beginning, no end. It symbolizes the love of God, which is eternal. Our love has limits. So every time I reach my limit, I always ask God, Lord, please extend my, my, Lord, my limited love with your infinite love for my wife. Because oftentimes we say, I am on my limits. I cannot take this anymore. <laughs> so instead of doing that before your spouse, you bring the matter to God and say, God, remember this. I cannot take this anymore, but you can. So please empower me. Admit it before the Lord. You asked help from God. Look at this. You are blessed. Look at the, the message version of Matthew 5, 3. You are blessed when you are at the end of your hope. With less of you, there is more of God and His rule. More of God and His rule. You have to say, God, I am on my limits, but I thank you that you have no limits. I need you. Take over. Are you following? So again, let me repeat. Nothing to prove. All to improve. And finally, the, letter, the third, ha. Humbly accept help from others. You know, we cannot deny this. God uses people. Whether you like it or not, God will always use people. As I have said earlier during our leadership conference, I told them, some people, they would say, I don't believe in the Bible. It's only written by men. Then who do you think God will use? Horse? God will not use a horse. He will use men. 
And what about lightning? God will not use lightning. The paper will be burned. He can only use men. And since men wrote it, it doesn't mean that you, not, you should not believe it. How many of you are graduates of engineering here? And you're following the code, right? You're following the building code. And don't you know that building code is written by men? You should have followed that. You should look for someone written by an angel regarding buildings. <laughs> Are you still following? No, you need to understand something. God will not use anybody else but men. Sometimes God will use people to help us. To tell us what's wrong with us. That's, that's why we were given a spouse. You know the, the, that God always uses to correct us, especially men? Because we think we're perfect. You know who? Our wife. They often see our imperfection. Napansin niyo ba yun? Lagi nang nakita. Ang daming senyas! Ang daming senyas! Mata lang, nagsasabi na. Ikaw na, ako? The wives are very sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> In fact, sometimes they become Holy Spirit to us. <laughs> they overdo it. But God uses them. Then God uses sometimes preachers to remind us. God uses leaders. God uses friends. And it's so painful to realize that some of us, we don't even have friends to tell us what's wrong with us. Sometimes we just want people who will congratulate us, who will tell us what's good about us. But we hate people who will tell us what's wrong with us. But the truth is this. To me, my greatest friends are the greatest enemies. You know why? I would love to be surrounded by my enemies. I would agree with the grandfather which says, Godfather which says, make your friends close and your enemies closer. You know why? Because my enemies are willing to tell me straight to my face what my friends could not. But most of the time, they, were, they are true. So I love my enemies. God is right. Love your enemies. Because they will, they will help you to become better. They will help you to become the person that God wants you to be. But look at this. Two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Lungkut, no? So friends, listen to this. Everybody needs someone. But don't just be with anybody. Choose your friends wisely. Choose the people who fears God. Choose the people who understand that they too need help. Okay po? Kaya I praise God that God created the church. To where we can be open, where we can be as we are. We don't need to pretend. We just need to be honest. And in our ministry in CCF, that's what we are trying to develop. That we need a, big, a smaller group because in a big group like this, you cannot be open. But in a smaller group, you can just tell your problem with honesty without being judged and without being condemned. And there is a confidentiality agreement that you cannot tell anybody about what I have shared to you. It's a very safe place and you cannot even take someone else because it's just between you and within that room, whatever you have said, 
it is it is kept in that place. Nobody else will know about it. But don't tell it to your pastor because he will use it as an illustration. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. You need to admit, look at the words, your fault to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Amazing. So you will be healed emotionally. You will be healed mentally. You will be healed. For example, if you are thinking evil about the person, for example, you, you feel you're suspicious about the person because you feel that, I think he hates me. I think he, I think he does not trust me. You want to know whether he, that's true or not? Just be willing to admit. Is there something wrong that I did that you seem not to like me? Don't tell anybody. Just tell to the person direct to his face. And he will tell you, yes. Okay, how can I improve? Be honest to say, how can I improve? And then, dare you? After doing all of this, after helping you, you have the right to do that to me? How dare you? <laughs> Forget it. Just be, oh, is that so? I'm so sorry. Well, no excuse, excuse. No explanation. You don't need to explain. You just, because oh, that is his right. That is, what, that is his reality. You ask for forgiveness for the reality that he has. And he was hurt with that reality. Even if not real to you. We often say, that's not true. I, I, don't, I did not do that for the, for, with that purpose. No, that is reality. No, you were not looking at me. I greeted you and you did not smile back at me. Is there anything wrong? No, no, that's not true. I smiled back at you. No, you did not. No, you're just blind. No, no you're, the, the relationship is getting worse. Tama? You just say, oh, is that so? I really am sorry if you felt that way. I really am very sorry. But next time, I will make sure that you will see me. Hello. So that next time, you would not think that way. Nakuha niyo po. Same thing with husband and wife. Sometimes the wife felt that the, the, the wife would feel that you, you ignore her. And say, so, you're always ignoring me. You're always busy with your work. That's not true. No, you don't need to tell. Is that so? Or really forgive me if that is true. I'll try to become better next time. Okay, pa? So God is telling us, you just be willing to admit. If you are too proud or too afraid to admit you are hurting, don't be surprised if nobody seems to care. Nakakanilihan? Let me repeat. Nothing to prove. All to improve. So in other words, let us learn to be accountable to the other parts of the body. Most of us, we are afraid to be accountable to somebody else because we could not fear, face our fears of being fat. <laughs> what does it mean? We are afraid of our own feelings. We are afraid of our own emotions. We are afraid, no, oh, you see, I'm afraid that because I'm, I might become crazy. You see, I'm feeling this way. Now, when, you, when your feelings follow what you are thinking, meaning your feelings are normal. If you think you are becoming like crazy, it means that you are normal. But if you don't think you're crazy, maybe you are. <laughs> are you following me? I don't understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying, <laughs> it's like this. Most crazy people, they don't even think that they will become crazy. But if we are afraid to become crazy, it means you are not. Okay, pa? Okay. So this is why this CCF is a crazy community fellowship. 
So you are welcome here. In other words, these are normal people. You are not the only one feeling that feeling. Everybody has the same feeling. Feeling of frustration, feeling of fear, feeling of becoming worse. It's but normal. So if you are feeling that way, praise God. You don't need to be afraid to admit that you have that feeling. The reason why you can admit it before people, because it's but normal. Anyone who does not admit that they have that kind of problem is abnormal. Okay? Even pastors, they feel hurt too. Sino mga pastor dito? Isa lang? Where do you experience being hurt? Huh? Grabe, pastor! Hurt! Yes, he's normal. <laughs> it's normal. So don't ever think that, oh, this is my father. He does not feel hurt. He should not feel hurt. Only us children. No, you're wrong. Your father is the most hurt person in your family. That's why he doesn't want to come home. So listen, fear your own fear. Sometimes our fear of our own feelings makes us afraid to face people. But remember this, just get relaxed. Everybody else has felt at different times that they were losing their mind. So it's not a big deal. Everybody else has felt at different times in their life that they were losing their mind. Listen, the fear that they were losing their mind is but real. But only rational people have that fear. Are you following? The next thing that we need to face is the fear of others' assessment. We are afraid what others' uh, others' reaction towards our honesty towards they might you might feel I don't want to be with these people because if I tell them, they might reject me. Forget it. Once they assess you, listen carefully and learn from what they're telling you. If it's true, praise God. If it's not, praise God. You know why? It is for us to improve. And finally, sometimes we're being, we are afraid to become, to be truthful. Fear of being truthful. We're afraid to be honest. Because we feel that it's useless to be honest. Nothing will ever change. The point is this. When you are truthful before God, you will then begin to experience the grace of God as He promised. Now listen, don't you be afraid. Oh, I'm a Christian for quite some time, but I still doubt. Don't be afraid. Doubts are real. Sometimes we doubt the reality of God. But somehow we know. But be honest to God. Lord, sometimes I doubt your reality. But you know what? God will again teach you and tell you that He's real. He will give you some circumstances or situation that you would sense that He's real. Sometimes I even doubted God and asked God, Lord, how can you be one and three at the same time? I cannot understand. But God helped me to understand. In fact, when I thought about Jesus being equal with the Father, God the Father, how I was crying before the Lord because I don't really know. Lord, is this really true? I, I doubted God. And you know, God helped me to understand. You know what He did? So I go, Lord, I've been trying to understand this, but I could not find anything concrete in the Scripture, in the Old Testament, that you are three in one. I don't understand. And you know what? As I was crying, I opened my Bible and reading Isaiah, and I reached Isaiah 48. I was very surprised. He was talking about, and I created the heavens and the earth, and I'm doing this. Oh, wow, God is speaking. Then at, the, at verse 16, all of a sudden, and the Lord God sent me. Huh? 
Who is this? The Lord God. The very same God who created the heavens and earth. And he said, and the Lord God sent me and his spirit. Woo! The Trinity has become very clear. And I, then I turned my Bible without, as I was praying and I opened in Psalm 46. The Lord God said to God, Huh? How did it happen? God saying to God? You would be surprised. God answers. So with all our doubts, just be willing to admit it. Don't ignore it. It's but real. Don't say, you have doubts? How dare you? You've been attending CCF. Have you not attended GLC? If you do, more doubts. <laughs> because it's but real. Friends, listen to this. You want to be above your circumstances? Learn this basic foundation of life. You have nothing to prove. All to improve. Start proving who you are. By st stop proving who you are, by start, but start improving from where you are. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know what? Finally, you need to also admit that you cannot get to heaven by your own strength. You need to honestly admit, I have nothing to be qualified to be in heaven. Look, why? In Ephesians, and here I will end, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. How could I be dead? In which you formerly walk according to the course of this world. You see how dead people are? They had no choice. They just follow what the world dictates, and the world tells them to do. Look at this. When I was younger, how? Our, our pants is a, what we call this, elephant pants. During our time, we call that bell bottom. Have you heard of that? Can you imagine? When I was about to go to high school, I asked my parents, Dad, please give me a new pants, a bell bottom one. And because I was just wearing short. And at that time, it was not just short, shorty short. <laughs> Remember those days? It was really short. Huh? So, and God, my dad said, no, you just wear short. We're not, we're poor. We are not, we could not afford to buy you pants. Dad, I will be entering high school. I have hairs already on my legs. I cannot just go there with my shorts. Okay, okay. You get my old pants and bring that pants to your uncle. And because he's a tailor, you ask him to make it fit to you. And it's baston. We call that baston as in a small hole. As, do you, how do you call that in English? Skinny jeans, but no, it's not skinny because it's lousy here. It's, it's a pointed one. It's a pencil cut. Now, oh, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you have to remove your shoes and yet your legs straight so that you can put it on. Huh? You know that? You know, that was my problem. And my dad had to give that punch to me and said, Wow, look at you. You're so handsome. Handsome. Everybody else's shoes you could not see, but mine is very obvious. And my father was so excited, he took his rubber shoes and said, Use this. This is Adidas. Adidas spots, kulay orange. <laughs> orange shoes? At that time, the shoes you cannot see because of the pants. But here you are. Everybody <laughs> is seeing your shoes. Orange. Imagine plug ceremony. Remember those days? You would sing, Bayang Magiliw. I felt that the plug was transferred to my feet. <laughs> you know, because everybody was looking at me. Bayang Magiliw. 
parents, I was so embarrassed. I could not even know how I have to face my classmates. And they will call me alien. You know how I felt? Because the world tells us that those who are wearing bell bottom are handsome. And those wearing pencil cut pants is ugly. That's the way the world thinks. So when I get older, I began to lose hair. But I praise God, Murami came to the picture. Bald guy. Everybody wants to become bald because it, the world tells that the bald people are handsome. So I was happy until F4 came. <laughs> F4, the hair is strong. And I could not do anything else. But just to accept the fact that I don't belong to this generation anymore. You see, for us, it's kind of, we're just following what the world tells us to do. We cannot even decide on our own. When the world tells us that this is the new fashion, we follow that fashion. You can imagine the Filipinos with big belly, they would follow the fashion of allowing their belly button to be obvious. Can you imagine the feeling? <laughs> Because that kind of fashion is designed for those who are skinny and sexy looking. But for women with big belly, inverted. <laughs> you know the pressure, but they had no choice because they were dead. They were just following what the world is telling them to do. Some people, they go to churches to attend mass, to attend services on Sunday. Not because they love God, but simply because the world says that if you do that, you're good. You belong, quote-unquote, to God. Not because they are hungry for Jesus. Some, they would even just stand outside and feel, fo feel so satisfied because they were able to do their duties even without understanding what the pastor or the priest is telling them. And they would live. I've done my duty. I'm okay. Because they were just following what the world tells them to do. They had no choice because they were dead. So among them, we too all formerly live in the last of the flesh. We could not just, we are always looking for what will satisfy our flesh. Indulging the desires of flesh and of the mind and by nature, look at the words, children of wrath, even as the rest. We are so helpless. But God, hallelujah, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, when we were dead in our transgression, we were dead. We had no hope. He made us alive through Jesus Christ. For by grace we've been saved. And raised us up with Him and seated us, look, with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are now above your circumstances. You are seated with Jesus. So that in the ages to come, He might show you the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That's why He wants to remind us, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Aren't we sometimes frustrated even in our own Christianity because we feel that we cannot perfect it? We feel that we can, we're not qualified before God because we, we are not perfect. We are trying our best, but we could not. And God tells us, no, remind, remind yourself that it is not a result of your works so that no one may boast. But we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. What God is saying us, but you need to understand 
as you realize that you cannot do anything, I will bring you back to your original design of doing something good for others. To become a contribution to others' lives and become a blessing to them. A blessing to your family. A blessing to your children. A blessing to your spouse. A blessing to your workplace. A blessing to your country. So friends, imagine if you're a Christian and you belong to Jesus and you admitted that you have nothing but God gave you everything, you will become a blessing to this country, New Zealand, even if you're a Filipino. Most Filipinos, they come here to get something from New Zealand. But you're different. If you have experienced the life of Jesus, you will not get some, anything from New Zealand. You will bring something to New Zealand. You're giving them life. It's about Jesus whom you have found. You see, friends, you must make your choice. Either Jesus was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. That's what C.S. Lewis said. And Christianity, if false, is of no importance. If it is false, don't get serious about it. But if it's true, of definite importance, and the only thing it cannot be, it be is moderately important. You cannot just say, well, I'm not sure, so I'll just be in the middle. No. You need to really make a choice. If you want to experience the grace of God, you need to make a stand and believe what Jesus Christ claimed for him to be. The only Savior, the Son of God. So one guy, here I will end, he was a very well-known uh, lawyer. In fact, you can see his name in the Guinness Book of Records, the best lawyer ever born. And he, was, he did not believe in the Lord. His name was Lionel Luku. Okay? You cannot be Luku Luku in here. He's really very well known. In fact, most successful attorney according to the Guinness Book of Rec World Record with 245 consecutive murder acquittals. And they were saying, because he, he does not believe in the Lord, somebody approached him and said, why don't you use your gift as, an, as a lawyer to, to, to see whether Jesus Christ is true or not, whether he resurrected or not? You know what he did? He really did his research. He did his, uh, his techniques in gathering evidences. And you know what he said? He finally followed the Lord by saying, I say unequivocally, that the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so overwhelming that it compels acceptance by proof which leaves absolutely no room for doubts. Because of that, he obeyed the Lord and admitted that he had nothing except Jesus. And another guy who also had the same experience, an author of a classic treatise on law of evidence, a royal professor at law at Harvard, developed the rules of evidence, he did the same thing. He was challenged about the resurrection of Jesus. And you know what he said? The resurrection is one of the most documented, best documented events in the history of men. Why do I need to tell you that? Because if we admit that we cannot help ourselves, then we can remember that Jesus, whom you can prove to be true, has come to help those who could not help themselves. He died for us. That is the foundation. If you, cannot, if you can admit your worst problem before God, the rest is but petty problem to admit 
Okay po? If you can admit that you're a sinner, you don't need to you don't need to pretend that you are a good husband. You can easily admit that you can still keep on improving for the Lord. Diba? Yeah. The first thing that you need to do is to build the right foundation if you want to live above your circumstances. Jesus is the only foundation that you can have. Nobody else. If, it, if Christianity is false, forget wasting your time listening to these messages. But if it's true, you better get serious with Him. No more in moderation, but a total commitment to Jesus. Don't play God. If you have tried playing God, trying to go against the will of God, and you have found yourself as in getting worse in your problem, now listen to this. God is giving you a new hope. Come and admit that you're not God, and you need God to rule you in your life. Try Him. And I'm telling you, you will truly say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Let me just end with a story. This about, I don't know if it's really true or not, but the, the story was very interesting. And sometimes it's really very truthful in a sense. This guy attended a conference and the, the speaker was very scholarly, uh, very scholarly. Uh, he scholarly presented that Jesus did not resurrect, that Jesus is not true. So he tried everything to disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And while all the pastors were listening, there was a guy, there was an old guy, a pastor too, raised his hand and asked a question. He said, Sir, I have a question. He said, then he took his apple and began to bite. And said, you see, I cannot speak and explain eloquently the way you did about the resurrection of Jesus. And you see, I have not studied as you did. Because I know that I'm not as educated as you are. But I have only one simple question. And it's my question. Is the apple sweet or bitter? What's wrong with you? So of course, he was very uh, dignified and said, Is he sir? You were the one who ate the apple. How can I say whether it's sweet or bitter? That's what I'm trying to tell you, sir. You see, I may not be able to prove to you the resurrection of Jesus, but one thing I know, I've tasted him, and it's really good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Friends, if you haven't tried it, I'm challenging you. Forget about who you are. And begin to really acknowledge, God, if you are true, Lord, please reveal yourself to me that I may follow you. But if not, I'll just forget me. I'll just continue on with my life. But you have to really get serious and admit that you need help. Okay? Would that be fine? I will not force you to do it today. But you do it tonight. When you get home. Okay? You just say, you enter into your room. Be alone. God, if you're real, please reveal yourself to me. 
I'm not telling you that He will reveal right away. But He will surely reveal Himself to you if you are honest. And if you're, Lord, tell me, show me the truth. Just wait and you will see. And eventually you will taste that indeed the Lord is good. You know, the reason why I'm telling you this, one time I was really so frustrated about myself. I was walking, God, why did you create me? Did you just create me to suffer this kind of difficulties and, and you know, hardship in life? I'm tired. Imagine, I was walking from our house to our school and school to our house, about 13 kilometers. I was walking because I had no money to pay for my fare. And during noontime, can you imagine the effect? It's so hot. And look, the evidence. <laughs> And I was crying before the Lord. And I was even asking, what's my purpose in life? Why am I here? You know, as I was praying that while I was walking, there was a jeep with a very loud sound. And I still don't know the song, but I still remember that particular part of that song. You know what the song? The song says, What am I living for if not for you? And that part of that song, until now I didn't really don't know that song. That part of the song kept on bugging me. What am I really living for if not for you? If not for you. So I knelt down at, when I got home, I knelt down, opened my Bible, said, God, if you are true, speak to me. I don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what's going on. I want to kill myself. I was lying and kneeling down spread my arms before God. God, I'm tired. I want to know what life is. I don't understand you. Are you real? And I was, and since I don't know the Bible, I open it up. And you know what it says? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. I said, Lord, if this is true, show me. Just one trial. Because I grew up in Marikina. Every statement we make, there is a cuss word before in the middle and after the sentence. For example, if I'm talking to Jojo and I would see a nice car, I would tell him, oh, your mother, nice car, your mother. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's very Filipino. P.I. P.I. Come. Car. P.I. P.I. Bank of the Philippines. <laughs> Island. Grabe. <laughs> I really have that bank of Philippine Islands in me. Passwords left and right. And I said, God, if this is true, will you please remove this from me? I was very surprised. I, I got so in love with the Word of God. And one time I was challenged by my friends, why are you not going out with us now? Why are you not going us with, us, with us to shoplift? Because we were shoplifters. Really? So why are you not going with us? You're not drinking with us. What's wrong with you? They pushed me and said, what's wrong with you? And normally I would just say, Bank of PI, how dare you? And I was very surprised. You see, friends, I'm sorry. Vengeance is not mine. A vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, What happened to you, Padre Damasel? <laughs> they were very surprised. And, uh, and that was the first time that I ever heard myself not saying a cuss word. And I said, God, you are real. And the next thing I asked him, Lord, please help me to stop my smoking. Help me to stop my drinking. And the Lord helped me on all of those. And finally, I asked him, Lord, help me because I have no 
photographic memory, unlike with my, my brothers and sisters, when at whatever they see, they memorize it. But I had a very pornographic memory. I was really in pornography. And I said, God, help me, because every time I look at women at that, that time, I would rape them in my mind. Really. But no longer now. Don't be afraid. I, I don't have a problem that anymore. <laughs> and I, I, I'm no longer suffering from that. I praise God. I don't even dare to look at kissing scenes in the movies. So I praise God because God delivered me from that after two years. I'm not saying that I was delivered right away. I was delivered after two years. And once in a while, I'm being challenged by, by God's grace. He healed me. He made me a new creation. The oldest pass away. Behold, the new has come. So I challenge you, I pray. Don't just listen to messages. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I don't know the people here inside this room, but you do. I pray, O oh God, to really allow everyone to be honest enough to admit their real need. May they be honest enough to admit that they need you. Lord, thank you that you do know that some of us here in this room are really longing to find life. They tried everything to be happy, but they could not find the real joy that they've been longing for. Maybe they have tried, Father God, to satisfy their childhood dreams of having a car, having a house, having a, a spouse, having somebody to be with. But they found them wanting. They found them to be not enough. They're still, they're still longing for someone to fill the hole that they have in their hearts. I pray that you would give them the honesty of their need that they would really say God there is a hole in me that needing to be satisfied and made everyone realize what Blaise Pascal said that in everyone's heart there is a God-shaped vacuum Lord I pray that we would be honest enough to admit that we need you for you alone can really fill that hole because it is a God-shaped hole that you alone can fill that up. So Father God, I pray. I pray, Lord, to allow every one of us to be so successful in their lives to see that not in their possession, not in their efforts or achievement, that they would find life, but in you alone. Who, who died for us, and who brought us up with you in the heavenlies to be above our circumstances. Thank you, Jesus, that you love everyone in this room, that you will not allow anyone to miss what is really important in life, knowing that our time here is very short to miss the real thing. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you are, you are the answer what we've been looking for. Thank you, God. May you help everybody, Father God, to really enjoy you and experience you personally. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God.